If you would please turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews at the end of your, uh, your Bibles. And so if you need one, please take one from the pews or the chairs there in front of you. And you can find Hebrews 13 on page 1009 in the, in the pew church Bibles. We're taking a break uh, these last few weeks from our sermon series this fall uh, in Romans. Uh, last week, we got to hear from one of our local church planters as he preached God's word to us. And this week, we're looking at Hebrews as we see the call to respond to biblical leadership as we uh, have celebrated today and, and witnessed the ordination and installation of new elders and deacons. And so that took place in the first service. And so we're not going to, it's not like some people do in the Baptist church. We're not going to rebaptize them or reordain them. So I'm sorry if I just offended anybody. <laughs> no, we're going to recognize them and tell you about what, what happened uh, during that time. Because ordaining and installing uh, men to the office in the church, it's a, it's a very ancient and solemn and important tradition. And we got to do that this morning here at Cornerstone. Ever since the days of Moses, uh, we've seen how God has called leaders of the church to come and to lay hands on men who would lead and serve the people of God. And so as we uh, prepare for that important time, as God raises up new leaders, new men to serve in church office, it's important that we hear instruction from God's word regarding these things. Uh, these biblical instructions are important for the officers of the church, but they're also equally important for us, the people of the church. So let's read what God's word has to say about it. We're going to read Hebrews 13 verses 7, verse 7, and then skip over to verses 17 through 19. Here now the reading of God's word. Hebrews 13 verse 7. Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then over to verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. For we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. Pray with me, please. Uh, gracious Father, we pray that you would now open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Open our ears that we may hear the truth that we so desperately need from your word. And move in our hearts by your spirit so that we may know your holy will. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Uh, years ago, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to visit Boston and tour the area there. Very beautiful, very historic place to visit. While we were there, we decided to go and to look around the, uh, the campus of Harvard. Uh, believe it or not, it was started as a Presbyterian divinity school in America several hundred years ago. Uh, while we were there sitting in the common areas, uh, some junior high age students came up to us and said, uh, would you like to participate in a, in a survey that we're doing? And at first I was going, oh man, what questions are they going to ask? 
But it was a good assignment that their uh, teacher had set them out on. They were doing a, a survey on leadership. And so they said, we just have two questions for you. And the first question was, what is leadership? And secondly, how do leaders lead? What is leadership and how do leaders lead? Thought that was a great, some great questions, some great things for them to be thinking about. I've been curious to hear all of their answers. These questions are important for us to consider in our passage today. And, but not only do I want us to look at here in Hebrews 13, what is biblical leadership, but I want us to ask, for ourselves, ask ourselves another question that I think we don't normally ask ourselves, and it's certainly rarely asked of us, and it's this. How are we, the church, how are we to respond to leadership according to the teaching of the Scriptures? We think all the time about the characteristics and qualities of a leader, but we don't often think about how we are biblically to respond to those whom the Lord has placed in leadership over us. And I hope today that you will find that it is for our good, it is for our blessing, that we have leadership in our lives. And so it's important for us to think about how do we respond to those in leadership over us. So we just parachuted in here to Hebrews. So let me just quickly give you a brief overview of the letter to the Hebrews. It was a pastoral letter, probably written by one of the apostles or one of those who were with the apostles. We don't know the exact author, but we do see apostolic authority here. It was written to the Hebrew people who were scattered throughout the ancient world. And the purpose of this letter was given to us in the first chapter of the letter to the Hebrews, where he says, in these days, God has spoken to us by his son, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the writer of Hebrews is taking many chapters to show that and make a big deal about Jesus, that Jesus is the great high priest, that he's the savior, he is the Messiah. But at the close of this letter, the author has some very general pastoral instructions for us, for the church, many encouragements and exhortations. And so at the end of this letter, he wants to take the time to encourage the church in, in many areas of life. He wants to encourage the church to be the church. And one of those pastoral encouragements he has for us in Hebrews 13 is how we are to respond to the leaders of the local church. The context for these exhortations that he gives us is found there in verse 1. If you want to briefly look there in verse, chapter 13, verse 1, where the, right, he says, let brotherly love continue. So everything that he gives is in the context of this brotherly love. We are to respond to each other. We are to respond to church leadership out of brotherly love. That is the love that we have in and with Christ. Because as the people of church, as the people of the church, we have a very special and unique bond, a very special and unique friendship and love. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And this love, it's not to be a self-focused love, but rather a love focused on others, a brotherly love. And this is what the New Testament and mainly Jesus himself teaches over and over. It's to be the identifying, the number one identifying marker of the people of the church is that we love one another. We serve one another. We are to love. And so I hope that you'll see this morning that we are called in the scriptures 
to respond to the biblical leadership that God, the, the biblical authority that God has placed in our lives, those leaders that God places over the church. We are to respond to them in love. And of course, a leader is to live out their calling to love others. And so I want us to explore in Hebrews 13, our calling to respond to leadership and the leaders called to lead. And so that's going to be the paradigm we'll work our way through these verses. We'll examine the qualities of a biblical leader, and then we will see our response to those in leadership over us. So look with me there in verse 7 first. You'll see the first leadership quality that he mentions uh, in Hebrews 13 is that leaders are to speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. He says, remember those who spoke the word of God to you. A biblical leader in the church is a teacher, one who speaks the word of God. Paul says this also in Ephesians 4 when he says that we are to speak the truth to one another in love. Leaders are called to apply God's word to the hearts and to the lives of his people and especially those whom they are leading. Now this doesn't mean that we need to choose leaders among us who have tons of scripture memorized. It doesn't mean that we need, that we need to have leaders who are the best Sunday school teachers. It simply means that we need leaders who love God's word and who seek to apply God's truth to their lives. These leaders who speak the word of God, they're not just pastors. They're not just Sunday school teachers or even just elders. They are regular men, ordinary men who are called to disciple others, mentor others. Perhaps an elder helping to shepherd someone in their marriage. Perhaps a deacon ministering to the physical needs of someone in the congregation. There are so many ways uh, that leaders lead in this way. But most specifically, a leader loves God's word, seeks to apply God's word and speak it. And so how do we respond to them? The author tells us here in verse 7, we remember them. Remember them. Remember those who, do, who have this ministry. Our response to these leaders is to keep them on our mind. So how can we do that? How can we remember our leaders? Well, we can pray for them. And we'll look at that more here in a minute. But listen to them. Seek out their counsel. Maybe help them in ministry. I saw several folks helping the deacons in ministry this morning. But I think one of the key ways, one of the primary ways that you and I can remember our leaders, remember those in spiritual authority over us, is by seeking them out and asking them for help. To realize that God has put these men who are biblical leaders in the local church, he's put them in your life. He has put them in the local church to help you, to help us. Maybe it's a spiritual need that you have. Maybe it's a counseling need. Maybe there's some kind of financial need. One of the most important ways that you can remember your leaders is remembering, hey, God has these men that are in the local church that I can go to, that can be a help to me, that can serve me and my family. No matter what God has, no matter what you're going through, these men are ordained by God. They're called by God to help you. And so remember them. Remember that God has put them in your life to bless you, to bless the church, to serve the church, to disciple those in the church. The second leadership quality we see there in verse 7, he says that they are called to live a life worthy of imitating. Consider their outcome and their way of life and imitate their faith, he says. This is a lot of pressure. 
A lot of pressure put on leaders. Um, but our, our um, leaders are called to be above reproach, to be godly, to be faithful. All those qualities that we read about in 1 Timothy 3 this morning. They are to live these out in the local church and in their homes. A leader is truthful and speaks the truth to others. A leader lives a life that a young man or a young woman would look up to and say, I don't want to be rich and successful like that man. I want to be Christ-loving, godly, Christ-centered like that man. I want to love the word of God and love my family and love my church like that man. Men aspiring to leadership should live lives worthy of others looking up to. We are to be examples. So how do we respond to them? The, the writer of Hebrews says, imitate their faith. Consider the way that they are living their lives, considering how they have lived. Maybe you know a man who has been a faithful husband or parent, and you could go to them and ask them, could you help me? Maybe you can imitate them uh, if, is, maybe you can imitate them by going to them and asking them to disciple you. Hey, I'm having a challenging time parenting this child. What did you and your wife do when you went through this? Or, hey, I'm having a, I'm having a difficult time at work and I'm, and I'm struggling with what to do. How did you handle this situation? It's the same for godly win, women. It's the same for our older sisters and mothers in Christ. We can go, you can go to them too and ask them. You know men and women who are faithful and godly believers in Christ. This is the beauty of the local church. I love this about Quarterstone. The first service, there were babies crying everywhere, you know? And then we have folks who have been married for 50 plus years here at this church. Where else can you be in a community like this where there are others that you can imitate them? You imitate their faith in Christ and learn from their lives. That's the beauty of the local church. That is to be our response to leaders. Let's move now over to verse 17. In verse 17, the first leadership quality we see there is that biblical leaders are called to keep watch over souls. To keep watch over souls. That is a high and holy calling. Leaders are shepherds. The leaders that the writer mentions here in verse 17 are given an astonishing responsibility. They are to care for your very soul. Leaders of the local church, God has ordained, he has called to be responsible for your spiritual well-being. And God has raised up and uniquely gifted people by the Lord to teach and to shepherd and to rule in the church. And I love that image of a shepherd. It's a great image. Leaders are called to be shepherds. And they are to serve as under-shepherds. Because they respond to their boss, the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Shepherding is this primary description given of an elder in the local church. They're called to keep watch over souls. How do we respond to them? How do we respond to those who have this heavy, burdensome, and yet holy and important calling? We respond by obeying and submitting to their leadership. Obeying and submitting to their leadership. Now, as soon as we hear those words, obey and submit, we automatically go, whoa, don't tell me that. 
But these are biblical calls. This is, this is for your good. This is for your blessing. We live in a, a very self-centered, a, a very self-focused culture. It's all about me. That's the mantra that we hear every day from the world. We are told the world's creed every, world's creed every day, do what makes you happy. It's all about you, right? But as the church... Is the body of Christ. We are told that life is not about me, but about loving God and loving others. That's what life is about, loving God and loving others. This is the great commandment that the Lord Jesus gave to his church. And one of the ways that we can live out this great commandment that Jesus gave to us is by obeying and submitting to God-ordained authority in your life. This act of obedience and submission, it's a, it's a spiritual exercise. It's, in fact, an act of worship. In, in other words, you are called to be spiritually minded and spiritually discerning in understanding your call to submit to biblical leadership, to biblical authority that God has placed over you. Um, after the first service, I had a, a dear sister in Christ come up to me and say, it's the first time I've ever seen that in the scriptures. This is the first time I've realized in my life that God has called me to be under spiritual authority and leadership. And I want to submit to that. I appreciate her thanking me for that. So when the Bible, though, speaks of this submission that we are to have to church leaders, it says over and over and over, you're to do this unto the Lord, whether it's to the government or your spouse or your parents. We do it unto the Lord. We honor and worship the Lord by submitting to those that he has placed in authority and leadership over our lives. And we remember it is for our good. So verse 17 speaks of obeying your church leaders. It means to receive their teaching, receive the spiritual direction that they're giving for your life. When in verse 17, it speaks of submitting to church leadership. It means to, to yield to the proper authority that God has Put in them over your life, over the church for our good. Submission to church leadership is important because this authority has been given to them by Christ. And the authority that has been given to them, it's not civil authority. It's not judicial authority. We don't have elders giving out speeding tickets here. Well, we might have one, but um, <laughs> he's a law enforcement officer. <laughs> but the authority of church leaders, it's it's moral and spiritual it's moral and spiritual they're called to care for your very souls and they've been given this weighty responsibility by the holy spirit and so one of the ways that we can practically live out this call to obey and to submit is by remembering the vows that we have made if you are a member of cornerstone presbyterian church or if you are a member of another PCA church, a Presbyterian church in America, we all submit and take the same vows, the same promises when we become a member. And one of them, the last vow, number five question that we take is, do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? This is so important. This is drawn straight from Hebrews 13 and other places in the scriptures where we are told very clearly that we are called to submit ourselves to the government, to the leadership that God has put in the local church 
And so maybe this is a calling to a lot of us this morning, just to remember our vows. So submitting yourself to the government of the church is submitting yourself to the elders, to the, to the spiritual shepherds of the church. And remember that they're the ones that have been called, ordained by God to shepherd your soul. And they are also held to a higher standard by God. We'll read about that here in a minute. You can obey and submit to them with joy, knowing that it's the Lord's will. It's his design for the local church, for your good. Let's look at the next quality there in verse 17. Leaders are called to lead with a burden. They are to lead with a burden. What is this burden? What is this weighty responsibility that has been given to them? The writer says, as those who will have to give an account. Leaders will have to give an account for their leadership. As your pastor, I must admit to you, it's sober, sobering that I have to be the chief leader and shepherd of Cornerstone. Up until about an hour ago, I was the youngest elder. <laughs> so we got a younger one than me now. But even more so as a, as a husband and as a father, it's a great burden to lead. But leaders lead with this realization before Almighty God that we will have to give an account for our leadership. They will have to stand before the Lord and give an account for their leadership in the local church. And so these men that God has ordained have now have an additional responsibility, an additional burden placed on them. Not only are they to lead faithfully as husbands and as fathers, but now as church leaders. It's a heavy and yet glorious burden. And so how do we respond to them? How do we respond to them? The writer says, we respond to church leadership with joy, not with groaning. He says something very practical that every parent has ever said, right? <laughs> groaning does no good. <laughs> whining, I used to tell my kids, I don't respond to whining, sorry, it's just in my programming. <laughs> we were to, re to respond with joy. Perhaps the greatest struggle that your elders face in shepherding are stubborn sheep. Who are the stubborn sheep? They're folks that don't listen. <laughs> They're folks who will not listen to the council. They're folks that will not respond to emails or text messages or phone calls when elders are trying to shepherd and trying to reach out to others. So let me just tell you, brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the greatest gifts, one of the greatest ways that you can bless your leaders is to listen to them. Listen to their instruction. Listen to their teaching. Uh, listen to the ways they try to encourage you from God's word. And do this with joy, not with groaning or complaining or even apathy. Listen and respond to, to the leadership that God has put over you. And do this with joy and realize it's for your blessing. It is for your good. Res respond with joy. Let's look at another leadership quality in verse 18. Leaders are called to act honorably. First Timothy chapter three gives all those qualifications about how a church officer is not to love money or stature, but is to be strong in their faith in Christ. And they are to live as examples to others who are seeking to follow Christ. 
A leader is honorable, truthful, just in his actions. He takes his responsibilities seriously and and soberly. And so how can we respond to these leaders? The writer says in verse 19, pray for your leaders. Pray for your leaders. We are urged to do this earnestly with great burden and great purpose. Please pray for your leaders. Because as we all know, even the most godly men that we can think of cannot meet all of these leadership qualities apart from the grace of God in their lives. And that is why the the writer of Hebrews asks, pray for us, pray for us. Prayer is the greatest ministry that you can offer your pastors, your elders, and your deacons. It's the greatest way that you can serve them. Pray for your leaders. We are but weak and frail men, weak in the flesh, just like you. And in a day and age when the moral and spiritual failure of church leaders is all too common, please pray and intercede for your leaders before the Lord. Pray that God would protect us, protect those who are called to lead in the church. Your leaders are mere men. Pray for them. Pray for their ministry. Pray for their decisions. Pray for their families. Pray for their marriages. Pray for their vocations. Pray for them. Prayer is the greatest way you can respond to biblical leadership. When I get texts and phone calls and emails from you and you tell me that you're praying specifically for me, it's one of the greatest encouragements that I receive. Please don't all do that today. I'm going to turn my phone off. But... (laughs) But thank you, and pray, pray, pray for your leaders. Consider them. Even more so, I hope today that you are under biblical conviction to consider your call, our call as the local church, to respond to the biblical leadership that the Lord Jesus has put in our lives, and that it's for our spiritual well-being. It is for our good and our blessing. May the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit Be with us as he raise up leaders to lead in his church. Pray with me, please. Father, we thank you for the important and practical application that we receive in your word. Lord, thank you that very specifically you've told us what to do. You've told your leaders how to lead and you've told your church how to respond. And so, Lord, help us to be not only hearers of your word, but doers, especially when it comes to responding to those that you've put in authority over us. Lord, we thank you for those you've raised up, who you've called to lead in the local church. Lord, would you bless them? Would you keep them? Would you bless and keep us? We pray in Christ, our Savior's name. Amen.